Hi, I'm Len Epp from LeanPub, and in this episode of the Front Matter podcast, I'll be interviewing Ebenezer Don. Based in Lagos, Ebenezer is the founder of NewDev.io, a learning platform focused on helping developers learn to code and collaborate with one another. He's also a popular teacher and speaker at conferences and meetups, and an active contributor to the open source community through a number of projects. You can follow him on Twitter at EbenezerDN, and check out his website at NewDev.io, and subscribe to his popular YouTube channel just by looking for Ebenezer Don. Ebenezer is the author of the book, Simplified JavaScript for Very Important Programmers, The Fast Track to Mastering Essential JavaScript Concepts. In the book, Ebenezer provides readers with a practical and enjoyable way to learn JavaScript quickly and apply your newfound knowledge to real-world scenarios. In this interview, we're going to talk about his background and career, professional interests, his book, and at the end, we'll talk a little bit about his experience as a content creator. So thank you very much, Ebenezer, for being on the Lean Pub Front Matter podcast. Hi, Len. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, it's so uh, good to be here. Thanks. Um, I always like to start these interviews by asking people for their origin story. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about where you grew up and how you found your way into a career in programming and creating such great content. Oh, yeah. Thank you. So I'm Nigerian. I grew up in Nigeria. And uh, yeah, I guess from um, a very little age, I was interested in phones, mobile phones and the Java applications. We call them Java applications. I'm not sure if they were really beautiful Java, the Java programming language back then, but those um, keypad mobile phones. And yeah, I was interested in the applications there. And uh, from that, I started using my keypad phone also. I got um, introduced to a, a content management system website, Wapka, back then, which I could use to um, build websites. And I had a keypad phone back then. So that's what I started using to build websites with my keypad phone. Um, I started learning JavaScript also so I could edit, add some code snippets. It was more of content management, a, a content management system. Um, but then I could add code snippets and customize my site. So that it looks much different from every other person that's using that platform to build their own website. And that was, I started learning JavaScript, um, learned HTML, CSS, and, um, at a point I started learning Java with a PDF. So I, I didn't have a laptop all this while I moved to an Android phone later on. And, um, yeah, so somehow, somehow I, I was able to get a laptop finally, um, before I got a laptop, I was borrowing a laptop to continue learning Java, to continue applying my knowledge. Um, then I had to work for a year. I could afford a laptop then. After I got my laptop, it was a mini laptop back then that I got. And then I started using that to keep learning, um, building websites and, um, yes, start earning. And I started, um, working for other companies and, you know, I had to upgrade and that's how I got to where I am today. So it's been an interesting journey. Um, I have, I've had no complaints. I've enjoyed every part of the process. That's a great story. Thank you very much for sharing that. It's, um, it's so interesting. This, uh podcast over the years has become a bit of a sort of like time capsule from people who sort of enter into the world of programming in various in different decades and circumstances and things like that so you know one of our guests he, he was himself the first computer he ever used because it was his first job and um <laughs> and uh that was sort of in the sort of very early days of computing and things like that and i've had people who like you know a parent brought in the first kind of like apple II or something like that and they were learning from magazines but i think you're the first person uh who and there's some people their first programming was on a calculator um, uh, but I think you're the, you're the first guest we've had who said, you know, I learned, I learned programming and, and sort of website management stuff on a phone, which is just, just awesome. Um, and so, uh, i I gather from the story then that you were, you were sort of self-taught. You didn't study computer science or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I was self-taught. Um, there was no point in going to school to study computer science because I watched every other computer science graduate that came out of schools in my country and outside my country too, but majorly in my country and. They did no computer science. It was really crazy. I'm like, so if I go to school and I study computer science, I'm also going to come out not doing computer science. 
And that I was, I already became a programmer and I attempted going to school. I went to school studying computer science and it was, it, they weren't teaching me, they were not teaching me computer science. It was just a waste of time. I watched people who were in, um, um, it was in levels, 100 level, 200 level, um, 300 level, depending on the year. So their fourth year, their third year. And these people did not know how to code. They did not know computer science and the, you're here to learn computer science, but you don't know anything about computer science. So that's really crazy. Um, yeah, I couldn't just continue with them anymore. It was just a waste of time. They were overwhelming me, um, dragging me down and I had to just leave and continue my work. So yeah, that's what I've been self-taught. I learned through, um, books. I, I used books a lot. I learned through PDFs. I learned through, um, so PDFs except, um, in particular, because I didn't have that much access to internet when I was learning then. So, but if I have that PDF, I can always access it online. And if I had a physical copy of the, offline rather, and if I had a physical copy of the book, I could always access it offline. So that's why I use books. I used um, books a lot. And I also use YouTube when I could. So I would download YouTube videos and so that I can be able to watch it over and over again. Um, yeah, so that was, a, that, that, was a, that was a time I also took advantage of edX courses because edX courses are, are free. And if we need um, certification from UPA and Coursera, I use that to learn also to continue my learning. I use Coursera back then and the Microsoft courses, IBM and the University of Washington courses there to learn machine learning when I was learning Python machine learning. Yeah, so but it's been, I, I've been learning from so many instructors on the internet, so many books, documentations, trial and error, you know, putting everything I'm learning to practice, building applications in the process. Yeah, so that's how it's been for me. And what was your first job uh, in this in this area? I worked for a company, um, I, I was doing web development basically, but not just web development. I also did, um, graphic design part of doing web development. I was in graphic design also, um, video content creation. Before I became a video content creator, I used to edit videos. Before I started recording videos myself, because I have a YouTube channel where I record videos. Um, I used to edit videos also and create videos for, um, uh, for people, um, and for all the, um, establishments. And I did that and I was also managing websites, you know, web, web development or, or web, web developer, different from someone who is part of a team. You know, I was, I was working alone for the company back then. And then if I joined a team, uh, another company where I was part of a team and that's how it's been. Also, I joined Andela, I joined Data Science Nigeria, um, and I've worked at JetBrains as a developer advocate. Um, yeah. And right now I'm on, I'm working with new dev. Yeah, it's interesting. A uh, platform um, and a, a, a collaborative platform for developers also where you can come learn to code and also collaborate with one another. You're working on something, you're building or you're learning. You can post daily and say, hey, this is what I'm building. And then you can reach out to other developers who are also doing the same thing as you are or who share the same interest. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really interesting. I wanted to ask you a little bit more about about New Dev in just a moment, but um, I just wanted to mention that um, when I was researching for this interview, I I saw you had a, a relatively recent YouTube video called "How I Would Learn to Code If I Could Start Over," um, and I'm personally, you know, the the older I get, the bigger a fan I become of these. Like, oh man, if only I knew that when I was starting out. Um, and I was it, I was kind of surprised uh, until I learned more about you that like the very first thing you say you should do is connect. Um, uh, you know find the platforms where people are connecting with each other. The first thing you should do if you want to get into programming is that where is the content being created? Where are people talking about it? Yeah. You know, you know, get a profile out there and, and hearing your story, you know, sort of in, in person as it were, it's sort of, I, so now, now I really, I really get, get why that's so important that, um, you know, the support that there is out there, the finding your way through all, all the amazing materials that there are out there trying to keep up to date. 
I mean, that, that for the sort of, you know, starting out person in programming is like, really is the number one thing. Yeah, that's very important. Because I remember when I started back then, there was no one doing co computer science or programming around me. And I did not even, I don't think they were online communities, but if they were, I had no idea about them. So I was just on my own. You know, when I got overwhelmed, there was no one to reach out to. I had to take that all in on my own. You know, when I got confused, I had questions. There was a time I had the question of, does everyone writing code, every programmer remember everything? Do they memorize every line of code? You know, so they just write. <laughs> I had that question for a long time. And there was no one to answer me. The fact I had to discover myself after um, some years, you know, that, oh, it's perfectly okay to look at documentation. It's perfect, perfectly okay to reference code and all of that. You know, so I didn't, I couldn't, I didn't have people that I could connect with. That's why I say right now that it's very easy to be part of a community. It's very easy to connect with other developers, do it, leverage on that. Um, it's going to be very difficult for you as a software developer if you stay away from all the software developers, if you stay away from other people, you get overwhelmed easily, you get discouraged. So it's very important that you connect with other people. Yeah, that's that's so important. I mean, in, in any in any kind of new job that you're completely new to, and if you, in particular, if you don't have anyone to introduce you to it, like you don't have like a parent or, you know, an aunt or uncle or someone like that who could tell you, I had this experience myself in a couple of, but we all have, but, you know, in a couple of times in my life, and it's like, you know, just knowing those, those things like, yeah, like, you know, did, does, does every developer member, do they remember every line of code they ever wrote? You know, <laughs> how are you going to find out the answer to that question? Um, only, only by doing it and, and by asking. Um, one thing you talk about in that video as well, uh, is the importance of learning what you, what you talk about as the fundamentals. Um, and I was wondering if you could talk just a little briefly about what are, what are the fundamentals that you need to learn if you're sort of getting into the life, life as a programmer and particularly if you're doing it like independently the same way, the same way you did. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very important that you learn the fundamentals. Every day I get people who reach out to me and they have issues with JavaScript. They have issues with React, for example, React is a JavaScript framework. And when I dive in, I'll discover that they don't know the fundamentals of programming in the first place. Um, they have issues with React, but they don't know the fundamentals of JavaScript in the first place. So there's no way you can learn React um, and get it right. There's no way you can learn JavaScript and get it right if you don't have the fundamentals of programming at the back of your head. Um, so you need to understand everything about storage, everything about memory management. You need to understand variables, objects, functions. You know, these, these fundamental data structures and all of this, you carry this, this information, this is programming itself. And this is what you carry across every other language you go to. So if you're, if you're working with JavaScript and you go to Python tomorrow, you're still going to meet data structures there. You're still going to meet arrays, objects like dictionaries. Um, you're still going to meet some um, functions. You're still going to meet basically everything about programming what's the diff what the difference is is the syntax and that's why i tell people you cannot skip like javascript for example and go to start learning react because react is built upon javascript so you're going to have um, lots of issues along the way if you skip the fundamentals and those fundamentals are always going to be there to haunt you so if you don't sit down and learn programming very well not just, don't just focus on memorizing language syntax is what I tell people. Don't just focus on memorizing JavaScript as the programming language. You know, when learning JavaScript, find your learning JavaScript, but use JavaScript to learn programming. The, the skill of programming is the main thing there. Languages will come and go. There'll be different languages. Um, tomorrow there might be another language for the web. 
um, next tomorrow, you know, people like people might say Rust is the word, but if you go to Rust, it's still the same basics of programming. You're still going to get um, variables, you're still going to get data structures, you're still going to get arrays, objects, you're still going to see functions, you're still going to see many of these things, even if they might have different names, you know, you're still going to start um, handling memory and all of that, but they might have different names, but it's still the same thing under the hood. So focus on learning the fundamentals, because when you learn the fundamentals, every other thing is going to be easy to connect. Um, the, the sort of, the sort of old answer I would have given would have been, uh, you know, so you're saying you shouldn't just copy and paste from stack overflow. Um, uh, that's the old joke I would have made, but the new Jake joke I would make, which is sort of semi-serious and you, you've got a video about this recently as well is in the age of chat GPT, is it still so important for programmers to learn the fundamentals? What's, what's your answer, Ebenezer? Yeah, sure. So I got this question yesterday also about chat GPT for people who are, um, just learning to code. And I say it's very important, it's very important that you learn how to code and not rely on tools, don't rely on chargeability, don't rely on stack overflow when you're learning. I mean, you, you can also use chargeability the way you use stack overflow normally. You have an issue, you can ask questions and you get answers, but don't let these tools replace your brain and your creativity. If not, there's not going to be any need for you. So feel free to le leverage um, chargeability, stack overflow and other um, AI tools or other you know, human connecting tools, but don't let all the results that you see on the internet replace your brain and your creativity. So you want to learn how to code. It's very important that you learn how to code and not rely on chargeability. Well, chargeability is not there tomorrow. And I mean, you can't expect chargeability or any AI tool to do everything for you. I've, I've tried these tools myself and most of the times they're not correct. So you have to also know, you, you need the knowledge, first of all, to be able to ask ChatGPT a question and know, oh, maybe ChatGPT is making sense here, or maybe ChatGPT is just telling me lies confidently. So you need the knowledge in the first place to be able to use these tools and maybe vet the answers. Yeah, it reminds me, I guess, of, uh, you know, the stories that would come up when Google Maps first came out and people would just be like, you know, tell me where to go. Um, and they would, they would end up sort of like lost in the sort of like wilderness um, with no idea of how to get back from <laughs> to where they came from because they just weren't paying attention to maybe chatting, listening to music, or even watching a movie. Who knows? Uh, don't do this at home, by the way. Uh, but uh, but you know you know still still having the fundamentals and still still understanding it is of course is of course very very important. Um, and so uh, so you've had a, I'm just looking at your LinkedIn profile here. You've had a number of jobs along the way, including for JetBrains, um, which uh, we we've had you know a number of lead pub authors or from JetBrains are still there. And, you know, obviously it's like that institution is just great at, um, at, uh, you know, training people to how to produce great content and stuff like that. Um, and so are you, are you independent now? Yeah. So right now I'm with, um, I'm, I'm working, I'm building my learning community in New Dev. Um, yeah, but I'm also open to contract roles, um, contract developer advocacy roles or contract software engineering roles. Um, yeah, but majorly I'm focused on the community and focused on um, getting good content out there, you know, because people struggle with getting good content these days. Um, and and the new folks that come out these days and are like, hey, I, I understand your pain. I understand the pain of trying to search through the internet and not getting things that, that are easy to understand. They don't bother writing a book on like JavaScript or articles on like core JavaScript concepts because it's going to be lost. If I come here and write um, an article on variables in JavaScript, an easy way to understand variables, an easy way to understand functions, you're not going to find it on the internet because there are so many articles on functions from 10 years ago that I couldn't overshadow that one. So, but it's important for me that I also use the platform that I have to push these things out there. Um, I've experienced 
trying to learn and being overwhelmed and being overwhelmed by convoluted explanations also. I'm like, wait, you're explaining this to me, but you're explaining like I already know it. I don't know it. I need to break it down. Um, I'm not a genius. I just want to understand this. And I, I've experienced all that. And I want to put that knowledge out there. That's why I was bold enough to write the JavaScript book. Even when there's so many JavaScript books, because I know that I am bringing that perspective of, hey, I'm going to break this down into the simplest of terms. I know what you're going through. I've been in your place and this is it. Yeah. And um, uh, for people who want to want to sort of get started on new dev, are there different entry points for if you're like a sort of like brand new to programming and you're learning or there's something very specific you want to learn, like I want to learn CSS or I want to learn JavaScript or something like that. Are there different entry points that people should go to? Um, yeah. Yeah. So new dev currently we have um, content around HTML, CSS, JavaScript. Um, but then we're including other languages as, as we go, like, um, we're going to include Python. We're going to include, um, other frameworks. I have courses on React and tutorials on React. So I'm going to incorporate that into the new dev platform. And, you know, it's really for everyone. you you come to new dev as a beginner, you're going to find other beginners. You come as an intermediate, you're going to find other intermediates or an advanced developer. And even if you don't find other intermediate or advanced developers, there are new developers right there that are looking for help. They're looking for people who are going to guide them. You know, you see them every day, they are posting their progress and like, this is what I'm working on. This is what I was able to do. Oh, I had this bug and, you know, I couldn't solve it. I need help. Oh, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Oh, um, there are people that, there's, there's someone last week that built a really beautiful website with just his mobile phone because he doesn't have a laptop. He can't afford a laptop, but he did not let that stop him. You know, he built a, a website with just his mobile and it was really, it looked really cool. You wrote JavaScript, HTML, CSS with his phone and like, they need people like this need support. They need to be told, I love what you're doing. Keep going. You know, um, the, the, it, it's good. There's light at the end of the tunnel, you know, just keep putting in the effort, keep pushing. Um, so no matter the experience level you are for new that is for you. Um, if you're not there to contribute, you, you can be there to help other developers. Um, yeah, so that's what it is. And in terms of learning content, yeah, we have currently learning content around HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and we'll be working on um, much more in the future. One thing I liked about uh, going through New Dev, your website was, um, and, and you know, sort of look, looking at the courses a little bit and things like that, is I love how you, you get this great balance of like being very serious and detailed and being kind of fun and welcoming at the same time. Um, that's that's a really difficult balance to strike. And any, anyone who sort of like, you know, goes to your YouTube channel and sort of watches your videos will will see what I mean right away. Um, uh, they're just great. And so just, just to talk a little bit about, to move on to the next part of the interview and talk a little bit about the book specifically, uh, Simplified JavaScript for Very Important Programmers, uh, The Fast Track to Mastering Essential JavaScript Concepts. So, um, and we talked a little bit about fundamentals already, but like, let's say what are, what are two or three of the essential JavaScript concepts that people will learn um, from reading your book? Yeah. So the essential JavaScript concepts you're going to learn from reading my book. Um, and so in this book, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to start from the basics. First of all, um, explain, I'm explaining, I start with explaining how to use the, the web browser, um, history of JavaScript, but I, I keep it short and straight to the point, um, use of JavaScript across multiple fields. Then I go on to data types, the JavaScript syntax, explain um, comments, um, conditional statements in JavaScript. People have that, um, people have difficulties understanding conditional statements, um, when they start learning JavaScript. So that's explained very well functions. Functions are not a very stronghold for people. Um, they just can't seem to understand functions. So I broke that down into the simplest of terms. I explain functions with relatable examples. I'm explaining variables. Um, I explained arrays and other data structures and then something like higher order functions too. So there are functions, there are higher order functions. 
and higher order functions, it, it's just really difficult. I posted on my um, WhatsApp status for my um, dev community that people can call me if they need JavaScript help. Uh, from like, I give like two hours, to, like anyone can just call me and I'll, I'll pick the code and I'll help you with your JavaScript questions. And I had lots of questions around them, HOFs too. I saw that it's something like that's really difficult for people to understand when they're just getting started. Um, so I tried to, I explained high order functions, um, callbacks, um, JavaScript callback functions, objects, um, loops to loops is one thing I, I put, I used relatable examples to explain loops and, um, I did a really good job. Um, in doing that, you know, I'll, I'll still love to hear from the readers, but yeah, so far the people who have read my book have, um, told me how it has helped them, um, understand JavaScript and understand loops more. I also explained, um, browser events. So after working with normal JavaScript, um, you're going to get into, um, let's say JavaScript for the web. So I, I focused on, first of all, the JavaScript basics, and then I went on to JavaScript for the web and you want to understand things like browser events. So I, um, explained browser events in my book, browser storage also very important. I wish I had the, um, yeah, I didn't want to make it too complex. If not, I would have started talking about index to be other types of, but in browser storage, I explained cookies look storage, but I didn't want to make it so complex and you know, too voluminous. That was the whole point. I want to make it straight to the point so that it's easy to understand. Um, so I didn't want to include index TV, um, into this particular book. But then I have an index to be tutorial. So it's just going to be easy to follow my index to be free tutorial you after reading the book. Um, so that also there for browser storage, then asynchronous JavaScript is also a very fundamental part of JavaScript. If you want to work with JavaScript, um, on the web or JavaScript server side, also you need understanding of asynchronous JavaScript, you need understanding of promises. And, um, yeah, I talked about, um, working with data and time and all of that. So the, I, we, I also included a project uh, on building the to-do app. So after learning, um, some things, you're going to use all the knowledge to build an application. So you see how this is applied, um, real world. Yeah, that's interesting. You've given me uh, two great, uh, ways to sort of segue into the next part of the interview where we talk about your work as an, as an author and content creator and things like that. The first is talking about feedback. And the second thing was those, those very difficult decisions, like trade-offs that you have to make about an author where like, if you're writing something for someone who's a beginner, like, where do you it really is tricky to know how much detail you should go into, right? Like, because am I shortchanging them or leaving them lost if I don't go down this path? Or am I totally confusing them and like jumping three steps ahead? Uh, and that, that can be really difficult to do. But one of the ways to learn about that as an author is to get feedback from people. And you were mentioning that. So how do you get feedback from your readers? Yeah, I, I do that a lot. I have Twitter spaces. I have calls. I ask a lot of questions on my um, WhatsApp status. You know, WhatsApp status is one way I used. I, I um one of my channels I used to reach out to developers directly, so they can just reply me via DM when they ask a question. Um, yeah, so this is one way. Um, and on my other, I interact with people a lot. Also, I I go out for events. I interact with devs a lot, and then I get feedback and comments on my articles. And so many other ways I interact with developers. That make sure I carry everyone everyone along when um explaining these things or when it's and I always fine tune my explanations. If I explain and you don't understand. I'll use that into the next expansion, you know, use that understanding that you don't understand the way I explained it and explain it, um, and work on the next explanation to include, um, your learning process, um, into it. So, I mean, that's one thing I did. Okay. We're just going to switch to, um, audio only here. Uh, and, uh, um, uh, Ebenezer is being very gen generous with his time. So we have time for a couple more questions. Um, one question I wanted to ask you. Uh, Ebenezer was, um, so you're 
YouTube channel is quite popular and your videos get a lot of views. And I think a lot of people listening might be thinking of starting out as YouTube content creators or might be frustrated with how well they're doing on the platform. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how you got so good at it and what some of your sort of tips might be for people who are looking to, uh, you know, be on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Hopefully you can hear me better now. Yes. So the, okay, thank you. So the number one tip is to start. If you're thinking about starting a YouTube channel, um, you're thinking about creating videos, just start creating videos. Um, that might seem like a simple tip, but this is one thing that stops so many people from starting their YouTube channels because they are waiting for the perfect time. They are waiting for the perfect equipment. Um, they're waiting for the perfect audio, perfect video, perfect lighting. You can't get everything perfect in your first try, no matter how much effort you put into it. It cannot, your first try cannot be perfect. It's just not, I've not seen any YouTuber that had a perfect best video. So that's just not going to happen. So accept that and just publish a video. Uh, when I started creating YouTube videos, I did not have a camera back then. Um, I was using my phone to record my videos and uh, yeah, I recorded with my phone published. So you just start, I, I did not have lighting. I was using daylight, you know, just start with whatever equipment you have. Um, you don't need the mic and you don't need the high-end device to start. When you get started, get that first video out of the way and record the second and the third. And then you can start thinking of getting all these equipment and you can get all of them. You don't have to get all of them at once. Um, you can be incremental, but just start. And um, so that's in terms of equipment. In terms of knowledge, you know, there are many people that feel like, do I know enough to share? Uh, the thing is, your perspective might be exactly what that one person somewhere in Europe, somewhere in their parents' garage needs. That one person somewhere in Africa, somewhere in America, somewhere in Asia needs. That your particular that particular perspective of yours, that one you have. Um, that might just be what a beginner out there needs to understand the concept they've been battling with for months and for years. So just give you as long as you have knowledge, it's enough to share. As long as you have knowledge, you don't have to have enough knowledge. As long as you have knowledge, you can share it and you learn along the way. Um, creating videos that has helped me learn a lot about web development, about programming, about JavaScript, Python, and other languages that I've worked with. Um, because now I know that I'm teaching other people, so I have to spend the extra time learning. I work a lot more with the docu with documentations. Um, I work a lot with um, also um, new frameworks like SolidJS. When SolidJS started back then. Um, I, I was one of the first content creators to talk about it in 2021, that was in 2021, yeah, 2021 July, and something like this. So it's going to help your knowledge building also. And you make a mistake, that's fine. If you, if you decide, if you discover that, hey, you said something wrong, that's okay, you're a human being. Um, you can correct it. You can say, create another video and say, oh, this or that um, information I gave was wrong. This is the correct information. I've learned better. I know better. You, you, you can't express it. Um, you can expect yourself to be perfect. So just start, just start creating videos and also um, share your videos. Also don't create videos that keep it to yourself. You have to share it on social media, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, share it with your colleagues and say, Hey, check out my video. I'm proud of my work. You know, I'm sure you love it. That's really awesome advice. Just get out there, start doing it. And like in particular, I think one thing you're hinting at there is that if you're talking about something that you know about and there's any gaps in your knowledge, when you're talking about it on a re recording a video, you'll be like, oh, damn it. <laughs> you'll realize right away uh, what you're yeah. missing and, and then learn what you what you need to fill in in your own knowledge as well, which is just yeah. right. Um, right. The, la the last question I always like to ask on these interviews, if the guest is a Lean Pub author is, um, if there was one thing we could fix for you 
uh, that has you shaking your fist at LeanPub whenever you're using it or uh, one magical feature we could build for you. Um, can you think of anything uh, you would ask us to do? And yeah, be, please feel free to, to bring up any of the things that we talked about before we started recording if you want to. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So code blocks in terms of uh, code blocks for the, both the ebooks and the Great Red Depression, if we had more options. Um, yeah, it, programming books is very important. And also there's something I noticed about the numbering for the code blocks. I think that is a really cool feature, but I couldn't choose it because that was interfering with the matching for the print version. It was just it was just out of the book, the numbering. If it can I think if there's extra thought put into the code book, that'd be really cool because I see lots and lots of programming books on Limpop. So it's important that we have that feature. And then navigation too. Uh there are so many things that I want to find that I have to I have to search for. Um I also discovered the there's the uh, I think the drop down menu that is that makes navigation through your book when writing easier but i had no idea about that before i just clicked on it and i saw that that was there um also um let me see what what else oh yeah in terms of finding the forum so i think i talked about that earlier in terms of finding the other forum it should just be an easy button you know it should be very easy to reach out to Linpop and ask a question if there's an easy chat button in case you want to send that email and there's just a button you can click and it opens up but you know you know, with this uh, Linbox, Taylor at Linbox email address, that'd be really cool also. Um, if there's an easy way to communicate with the folks at Linbox, so I don't think that I'm just working with one um, company, one big company that's out of touch with the authors and out of touch with the people. So communication is very, I, I think you've done a really good job. When I had issues, uh, yeah, the, I think I've talked about this before, which is the error messages, um, if it can be a lot um, straight to the point, a lot straightforward and specific. Because I was really frustrated when I started when I tried out Limbo for the first time, and I almost left Limbo. If I sent uh, a message to Limbo, like I found Limbo's email address and sent a message, and then I got um, a response from um, well, sorry, but I can't remember his name. Uh, Peter from the start. Peter, yeah, yeah. Peter writes. Happy that I didn't want to call it call it, um, call it wrongly. Yeah, no. so yeah, it's Peter. I, I yeah, and he tried to explain and try to help me debug it. Yeah, but if the error messages when trying to compile the book is much simpler and much specific and straight to the point, it'll be really easy to um fix those problems. So yeah, he told me it's been worked on. So I, I believe that'll be fixed also. Um yeah, so that's it. Um in terms of community also, I'd love to see a lot more activities um around developers and around authors. I I, I recognize that LinkedIn is not just for developers. But for authors in general, I, I don't get that feeling though that there are other authors outside of programming that that are on, that can come on Limbo and write. You know, if if Limbo is for every author, um, I think that Limbo should do more to include every author in every category, um, every specialization. But in terms of programming, also I'd love to see more interaction with the deaf community. Um, I don't know if Limbo means it's all advocates, but you know, I I know that Len is the co-founder and you have lots of work to do. Um, so in, in case that's too much work for you and you could hire someone who do all of these other things, that would be really cool. Create more videos about you around using LinkPop because LinkPop has so many functionalities, so many features and it, it can get complex. But if there are easy videos um, on, hey, this is a LinkPop feature you can use. Hey, this is how to, uh, for example, in formatting the book section, there are so many options there formatting the book for um, PDF, formatting this book break. There are so many options. It's really good cool to have someone explain that to me. Uh, because most of the others that come to write on LinkedIn have not done this before. 
um, and they've not published with um, other high or big publishing companies. So it'd be really cool to have, you know, explanatory videos or some other features, some other way to interact with Limpop. And Limpop also has an API that'd be cool for programmers. So if there's someone who is explaining how to use these APIs, um, and why to use, not just how to use, why to use, you know, if, if Limpop feels like that's an interesting feature or that's something that we should use. I think there should be someone that wants why we should use it, why we should incorporate it into our applications and all of that, and then how to use it. You know, things like this could be really cool. I, I believe Limbo has so many features um, that are really cool and would be used a lot if talked about well enough. And yeah, but um, overall, I, I Limbo is a great website. I love how it, it was for me to, you know, once I got the bug fixed with um, generating my, my ebook, I love how easy it was for me to get the ebook from my Mac, from Macdown, and then get the print ready version. So yeah, totally worth it. Thanks very much for all that really amazing feedback. Um, uh, you know that particularly with error messages, for example, sometimes when you click the button to generate eBooks from your manuscript, it, the book generation fails, and we don't provide very helpful uh, descriptions of what you know what what line broke or anything like that, and that that can be really frustrating. And you know, LeanPub is open to all authors, but if you want to know why there's so many programming authors on there, it's because when they see error message, they're like, go, they go into debug mode, and ordinary people are just like the bye bye. Oh, <laughs> you know, and so we, we know that there's a lot of room we need there to improve. Um, in particular, actually, what you made me think is like, I think I'm going to take a day, just take a day and just record, like go through the author app and record like two minute videos for each feature, um, and put those up on YouTube or something like that. Cause that's definitely like something we could do. And we definitely should do in order to sort of particularly know what all the pain points are. Cause for example, when you mentioned, you know, not being able to find the author's forum, I'm like, you know, smacking my forehead, duh. But we know where it is because we built it and we, we use it all the time. Uh, but of course, yeah. it actually is it actually is hard to find. And that's, by the way, one of the reasons we love doing these interviews with authors is because they tell us um, <laughs> and, and, and then we know what to do, what to work on. Well, uh, Ebenezer, thank you very much for taking time out of your day to talk to me and to talk to our audience. And uh, thank you very much for being a Lean Pub author. Thank you for having me, Lenny. It was really, it was a really good thing. Thanks. And as always, thanks to all of you for listening to this episode of the Front Matter Podcast. If you like what you heard, please rate and review it wherever you found it. And if you'd like to be a Lean Pub author yourself, please check out our website at leanpub.com. Thanks.